Dear God, I thank you that as I focus on you daily, I get to see more of your very best for my life. I ask that you will help me to stay on this path, Lord. May I never stray or seek worldly idols. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. This is Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. Good morning. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I want to dedicate today's podcast to Oloris and to Nicole. And I thank them for their attention to detail. And I thank God that I have them in my life. Amen. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power. For if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Remove my hoarseness. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, Restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. And I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I adore you, O my God, and I love you with all my heart. I give you thanks that you have created me and made me a Christian and preserved me through the night. I offer thee actions of this day, and I grant that all of them may be according to thy holy will and for thy greater glory. Save me from sin and from all evil. Let thy grace be always with me. Amen. Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow For the same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or will give you unfailing strength to bear it. So be at peace then. Put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations and say continually, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart has trusted in him, and I am helped. 
He is not only with me, but in me, and I in him. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for being there for me and allowing me to cry out to you in my times of need. It is amazing to me that the Lord of the universe would take time to listen and to care about what I say. God, there are things happening around me right now that I do not understand. And some of these things make me feel weak, helpless, and afraid. Even in the midst of this, I know that you are the Lord. I know that the situation is in your hand and I trust you. I beseech you for strength and wisdom that I might be able to endure this situation and be able to handle it in a way that would bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You are ushering in another day, untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't walk alone. Good morning, God. Here is my hand. Amen. Stay right there. Be right back. Hold on tight. From trusting God day by day, Matthew 4, verse 19. And he said to them, Come after me as disciples, letting me be your guide. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Peter, Andrew, James, John and the other disciples were greatly honored. They were chosen to be the 12 disciples, the men who would learn from Jesus and then carry the gospel to the world. What I find interesting is that they were all busy when Jesus called them. They had lives, families, and businesses to take care of. With no warning at all, Jesus showed up and said, follow me. The Bible says Peter and Andrew were casting their nets into the sea when Jesus called them and they left their nets and followed him. Talk about an interruption. He did not tell them that they could pray about it or consider it or go home and talk to their wives and children. He merely said, follow me 
and they did. The disciples didn't ask how long they would be gone or what the salary package would be. They didn't ask about benefits, compensation, time for travel, or what kind of hotel they'd be staying in. They didn't even ask him what their job description would be. They simply left everything behind and followed him. Even when you read this now, you have to admit it seems a bit severe, but perhaps the greater opportunity is, the greater the sacrifice must be. Mm. I remember a time when uh, complaining about things God seemed to be requiring of me because I felt that others didn't have the same requirements placed on them. He simply said to Joyce Meyer, you have asked me for a lot. Do you want it or not? And she was able to ask to be able to help people all over the world and was learning that the privilege of doing so would frequently be inconvenient and uncomfortable. King Solomon said, if we wait for all conditions to be favorable before we sow, we will never reap. In other words, we must give and obey God when it is not convenient and when it is costly, if we want to reap our reward. Ooh, that's some good food for thought. So trust in him and give a thought about what it might require in order for him to give what you want to you. No matter what God asks of you, you can trust that it is not more than you can bear and you will reap what you sow from following Christ. Amen. I thought that was beautiful. Beautiful to share. Commanding your morning. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. We need to learn to operate in prayer through the small, everyday realities of life so that when God calls us to address the big, once-in-a-lifetime events, we are already practiced and prepared. We won't learn to pray down miracles until we've learned to pray down our daily bread. And we won't be disciplined in the things of the Spirit until we have learned to be disciplined in the natural. Ooh, go, Cindy Trim, go. Father, I decree 
that I will be found faithful with all that you have given me so that you might raise me up in due season and enlarge my territory. May I be found trustworthy in your sight. May the anointing you have placed upon my life repel any schemes of the wicked. Synchronize my actions today with your perfect will and agenda. Purify my motives and let me be a shining example of your love, your mercy, and grace to my generation. Give me divine discipline so that everything my hand touches will prosper for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Feeling the Holy Spirit today. Feeling the Holy Spirit. Stay right there. Be right back. From Strength for Each Day, they say, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And that's Psalm 23, of course. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When we become fearful, we can be sure that the enemy is at work, not God. Sometimes we think of fear as a human emotion, but it is actually a spirit. The spirit of fear often operates as a thought or a whisper, telling you that you have every reason to be afraid and that God has forgotten you or will not help you. David wrote in the words of Psalm 23 to God that the reason he can walk through the darkest valley is that you are with me. If the enemy can use fear to make us think that God is not with us, that he does not care about what we're going through, or that he does not love us, and he can begin to win the battle of our hearts and minds. So no matter how fear comes against you, remember that it comes from the enemy and that the enemy brings fear. Remember that God is always with you and has not given you a spirit of fear. And I want to talk to those people that say, oh, I'm afraid to go up in the elevator. I'm afraid to drive on this freeway. I'm afraid to go into this store. Well, the spirit of fear is from the enemy. So get rid of him. Father, help me to resist the attacks of fear that the enemy launches against me. 
And remember, in every situation that you are with me, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to remember that in every situation you are with me, in Jesus' name, amen. We are to choose friends who make us better. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 27. The people with whom we spend our time are very important because we often pick up some of their habits and character traits. If we spend a lot of time with people who compromise morally, we may begin to think that compromise is acceptable for us too. We cannot avoid all immoral people. Otherwise, we would have to get out of the world entirely. And we do not and we do want our lives to be a witness for Christ to them. It is often said that spending time with people who don't know Christ is good as long as we affect them without allowing them to infect us. We spend different amounts of time with different people, but the ones we spend much time with should lift us up and only make us feel better. If your friends are stingy and greedy, they will not help you become generous. If your friends gossip about others, you may find yourself gossiping or spreading rumors too. However, if your friends are kind, patient, loving, and always ready to help others, you will find yourself wanting to grow in these godly qualities. Choose your friends wisely. And if you're spending too much time with the wrong kind of people, we'll make a change for the better right away. Gaze up to heaven. Father, I want friends who make me a better person. I pray for divine connections. I ask you to guide me to people who are godly rather than worldly and give me favor with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. In your name. <laughs> and God's purpose for your life. It says you matter. He made from one man every nation, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God. Acts 17, verse 26. God's determined will is what he is going to do. And what you and I must understand is that he doesn't make such plans exclusively for world events or nations. Rather, he makes such plans for individuals and he makes them for you.
we can know for certain that there are aspects of our lives that are part of God's determined will. For example, the Father chose where, when, and to whom he would be born. God actively chooses our personalities, our talents, and our abilities. So likewise, the Lord creates and equips us with his purpose already in mind. Amen. So take heart that you are not a mistake. Understand that there are certain aspects of your life that are definitely a part of God's sovereign, determined, unchangeable plan that will happen. Of course, this may raise questions for you, especially when thinking about the hardships you've experienced or even the unfortunate decisions that you've made. But do not lose sight, listeners, of the fact that he planned your existence and that your life matters immensely to him. Look for his good purposes in every part of his plan for you. What a good word. Thank you, Jesus, for your determined plan for me. To you be the glory. Amen. The second aspect of God's plan is his desired or permissive will. Psalm 25 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. This is where the Lord has expressed his will and we have the opportunity to honor him or go on our own way. The Lord's desired will is neither irresistible nor unconditional. Rather, God gives you choices so that you can exercise your free will in obeying him. He does so for the purpose of having a genuine love relationship with you. Consider Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Why did the Father leave them with just one prohibition? For the simple reason that the Lord wanted to give them an opportunity to love and respect him freely through their obedience to his command. Without free will and without a choice to make, Adam and Eve would merely have been under obligation to the Lord. Like slaves under compulsion or robots programmed to carry out certain tasks. Our loving Heavenly Father is not honored by force. He's not unwilling and He's not honored by artificial submission. He is pleased and exalted when we obey him because we know he is trustworthy, because we know he is wise, and because he always acts in love towards us. 
So love and obey him from your heart. From your heart. Jesus, I want to demonstrate my love to you through obedience. Just show me the path I should take. Amen. In Touch Magazine asks, How confident are you that God will fulfill his promises, especially when we've waited a long time without a glimmer of change? Sometimes we've set our expectations on the wrong things. And there are also times when the Lord takes us on a long journey of perseverance before his promises come to pass. That was definitely the case with Abraham. The Lord promised to make him a great nation with descendants beyond number, but he remained childless for many years until his wife Sarah was well past childbearing age. But as Abraham contemplated the physical impossibility of the situation, his faith in God promises grew stronger, not weaker. Sorry about that. His faith in God's promise grew stronger, not weaker. He could see that the Lord would be glorified even more when the promise came to pass in a humanly impossible situation. So if there is any area in your life where you need prevailing faith to persevere despite seeming impossibilities, be assured that the word of our God does stand forever. And whatever God has promised, he will do. And that's Hebrews 11, verse 13. Hope for each day says, If my people will pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. From one end of the Bible to the other, there is the record of those whose prayers were answered. Men and women who turned the tide of history by prayer, who fervently prayed and saw God's answer. Elijah prayed and God sent fire from heaven to consume the offering on the altar that he had built in the presence of God's enemies. Elisha prayed, and the son of the Shumanite woman was raised from the dead. Hannah prayed, and God gave her a son. Samuel prayed, who would bless God's people for decades. Paul prayed, and dozens of churches were born in Asia Minor and Europe. Peter prayed, 
and Dorcas was raised to life, adding years of service for Jesus Christ. Pamela prayed and she received a daughter. These believers, these believers' prayers were the natural outflow of their deep inner faith. Their prayers were part of a greater whole. Godly lived lives for God's glory. He who prays as he ought will endeavor to live as he prays. Awesome. He who prays as he ought will endeavor to live as he prays. And that's a quote from the theologian John Owen. I'm starving today. My belly is empty right now as I speak. But I tell you, I cannot wait to fill my stomach, my spirit, my head, and my heart with all that the Lord has prepared for me. Yes, he has prepared all. And all we need to do is follow him. Just follow him. Drop everything and follow him. Amen. Thank you for coming to pray with me. I thank you for following Jesus to me. And I pray that you'll come back tomorrow to pray again with me. Bye for now. <laughs>